guys, welcome to another episode of the Boundless Gamers podcast. This is episode 26. I'm your host, Mike. And joining me once again is the man who gathers seeds, Indy. God. I'm sorry. I, I, What's up, everybody? Before I told you, hey, I'm not going to bring that joke up in the show, and I decide to start the show with that. So that's my... You know what? That's that's, that's a good way to keep me on my toes, and uh, <laughs> that joke will get explained later. Yeah, I'd hope so. Otherwise, uh, it'd be weird, but... Extremely. <laughs> but anyways... Last week, we didn't have an episode. I have to address the elephant in the room. Uh, sorry about that. There were some technical difficulties in the audio department. Uh, one of us didn't have our mics connected properly. Uh, it was using the microphone on the laptop. So, sorry. <laughs> Shit happens. <laughs> it's happened yep. before. Uh, when we first started the show... It was the episode I hosted, the first episode I ever hosted. Oh wow! I wasn't supposed to host that episode. It was going to, it was supposed to be Jacques, but he was like, oh, "I don't want to do it again." And I was like, "You want me to do it?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." And it turned out okay. I needed the practice, and now yeah. I've done it like what eight, nine times now. You've only done it once, so we're gonna get you again, real soon. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, well, it's time to do that part of the show nobody likes. We have to mention our social media pages real quick. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll keep it short. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching at Boundless Gamers. We post new episodes every Thursday unless we forget to make sure our mics were connected properly during our recording session. And again, guys, yeah. I apologize for that, but shit happens. You just got to take the loss and move on. Yep. So, Indy, what have you been playing this week other than the game, uh, you know, we've been playing together? Okay, <laughs> so um, I'll let you talk about that game because uh, you're going to explain that joke. Um, oh, no. <laughs> other than that, uh, actually, I picked up um, Pokemon Pearl. Oh, nice. Since I beat Metroid, it's not really a game that once I beat it, I'm re like really ready to go through it and like get all the secret endings and everything. I'm like, I don't have that kind of time. Uh, maybe a younger version of myself could have done that, but now it's like, okay, I beat it. Now let's go on YouTube and look at all the stuff that I didn't get. So I traded it in. Uh, GameStop has a deal going on right now. It's where you're getting, I think it was like an extra 50% off when you trade in. Uh, so I got $35 off of Pokemon, so I paid $25 for it. So I've been going through that, and it's, um, I'm not gonna lie, it's been a lot of fun to kind of get back to a classic Pokemon game. Um, mm. I've never been a huge Pokemon gamer. I do collect the trading cards for nostalgia purposes, and occasionally, you know, like, I'll go back through red or blue, because, I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm an OG millennial. I like my Gen 1 Pokemon. Um, so getting to go through this one, it feels like a new Pokemon game to me, because I didn't play Diamond or Pearl back in the day. So it's uh it's been pretty refreshing. Apart from that, um really just been diving into uh that game that you, me, Jacques, and uh Ash have been playing. Before we move on to that, there's something I need to tell you guys about Pokemon. I've never played a Pokemon game. That doesn't surprise me. But I used to love the show back in the day when I was nine, ten, eleven years old. And I collected the cards. 
So you like the show, but you never play the game. No. The closest I've gotten to playing a Pokemon game was when uh, I had a friend over when I was nine years old. He just brought his Game Boy over and he was playing it. I didn't play it, but I watched him play it for a few minutes and that's it. That's, huh. that's all the exposure I got with Pokemon video games. Actually, you know what? You just, I don't know why that reminded me. I think it was because you said that uh, a buddy came over. But I also got uh, Mario Party Superstars. Oh. So me and Ash have played uh, two maps on that one. That's the one where they've brought, like, the best of Mario Parties, like, one, two, three, and I think four, and just put it into one collection. And um, I will say, me and Ash usually get the new Mario Party when they come out, um, because it's a fun game to play together. Um, where we don't kill each other based off of who wins or who loses. And I will say, this is definitely the most fun Mario Party has been in a very, very long time. See, I could never get into that series. I tried. I tried and I tried. I played it with friends on the N64, GameCube, and I'm just like, eh, I don't know. I'll, I'll just say this, death to motion controls. That's all I'll say. Yeah, please, God, no. No more. <laughs> <laughs> no more. I should never lose a mini game just because the motion control can't figure out uh, how I am moving the controller around. Could be worse. Imagine playing that game on a Kinect. You, know <laughs> you gotta what? use your whole body. It, it, it could be worse. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apart from that, that's that's really what I've been playing. What about you, buddy? You know, we're gonna leave that one game for last since we okay. both played it we'll get there we'll get there guys people want to know what the seeds are all about like what do they what do they mean seeds if anybody's played it i'm sure they know what seeds means yeah (laughs) yeah maybe we're playing a farming simulator game you know what You, you could be right i've been playing well i tried to play battlefield 2042 on my series x i got the 10 hour trial my experience with it wasn't that great because once again, my series X completely crashed and shut off twice in 40 minutes. So I was like, you know what? I'm done with this right now. Let them patch this shit. Let me go on the internet and see what people are saying. And yeah, it's a common problem. It's crashing PCs. Wow. It's crashing series X's. I didn't hear anything about PlayStation, so you might be okay on there. I want to play the game, but I'm not going to jeopardize my Series X. And that thing is no. hard to find. And I know Microsoft would repair it for free. It's in the warranty period, but I don't want to send it out just because Battlefield broke my system. <laughs> no, nobody wants to go through the Red Ring nightmare again. Oh, no, no, no. Please don't remind me of that. That was hell. 50% failure rate, guys. Yeah. 50%. Actually, I think it was over 50%. I'm being generous. All because something wasn't properly insulated. Yep. Don't have much else to say about Battlefield. I mean, the the 40 minutes I played, I had fun. It's just, boom, system's dead. And the the second time it happened, I couldn't turn the system on right away. I had to take out the power plug, put it back in, and then it was fine. So that's when I was like, nope, no more. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's a little bit of a heart stopper. I like Battlefield, but not that much. So, yeah, enough of that bullshit. The other game I've been playing is Psychonauts 2, and I actually finished it last night. 
that was the only game I was really playing this past week. And I got to say, I like it. I like it a lot. I can nice. see why it has a game of the year nomination. Do you know anything about Psychonauts, Indy? I have not played any of them, no. The first game came out back on the original Xbox, and there hasn't been a sequel since. Well, they made a small game. Uh, there was an in-between game. Uh, it was a very small game, though. It wasn't really a full-fledged sequel. I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, we didn't have a Psychonauts 2 for freaking so many years. It's 2021, and we finally got it. It's a game about uh, psychics. Uh, it's you jump into other people's minds. Uh, it's it's about mental health. It tackles all that, uh, but in a funny way. Like it doesn't make fun of the conditions, but it tries right. to toss humor in there to make you laugh. So it's not all serious. The characters are very cartoon looking. Uh, I think Jacques said he would compare it to the old Doug show, that cartoon, and uh, something else he said. But it's a very unique art style. I remember him saying last night that it reminded him of um, like 90s Nickelodeon, basically. The whole game is just a 3D platformer. It's got some puzzles in it here and there. Uh, you're a part of this organization called the Psychonauts. A bunch of psychics training um, younger kids and others to, to control their powers and to use their powers in a good way, go in people's minds and you know help them and all that. The organization kind of reminds me of Men in Black a little bit. It doesn't look like that. But it has that structure, like how it runs and everything. But yeah, I had a good time with it. I highly recommend it, Indy. I heard it runs fine on Xbox One. Like it, It's just you don't nice. get this pretty 60 frames per second. <laughs> you don't get that smoothness. But if you can deal with that, yeah, it's, it's perfectly fine on an Xbox One console. Well, you remember what I was playing on last night. Yeah, you were streaming Halo Infinite. Yep. On a little uh, $400 Chromebook, yeah. And that ran good? It, it ran perfect. The nice thing about that Chromebook is that it actually is... It, it catches Wi-Fi really, really well. Um, so I actually feel like I'm able to take advantage of my uh, AT&T business class um, gigabyte speed. So I think I lagged out one time, but even then I didn't lag out of the game. I just lagged out of the party. And then it came back on its own just a few minutes later. I mean, you were killing it. I mean, there was one match you went 17 and 10. Via streaming. Yeah. Now, when you were streaming the game, was it hitting 60 frames? Oh, no, 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 no. A solid 30, um, sometimes less. Yeah, this is interesting, because you got some players on the PC, the Series S, the Series X, the original Xbox, the Xbox One S, mm -hmm. um, and then you're streaming it. There's some advantages here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you're running 60 frames or 120, you're going to kill a lot of dudes in this game. What's crazy is my first test um, was actually yesterday at work on my lunch break. Uh, for the last 10 minutes, I was like, you know what? Let me just see if I can play. So I connected to the store's Wi-Fi, and sure enough, I ran one game of Slayer, and it did great. Xbox and Microsoft, they're doing really well with uh, xCloud. If you haven't tried it yet, definitely give it a try. I tried playing it on my uh, Series X because you can stream games on there now. Nice. My internet is okay. Like, it's fine. Like, it, it, it can download things at a decent speed and all that. Yeah. But it was just acceptable, the stream quality for me. But that's just my internet. It's a good way to check out a game before downloading it. Definitely. 
we forgot to mention the seed thing. <laughs> That's what- we did, which we didn't even really give our impressions of Halo. Uh, we just kind of mentioned that we did play it. That's right. That's right. Let's jump straight into Halo Infinite. Uh, yeah, we've been playing the multiplayer beta, which is weird to call it a beta because you can unlock achievements in it. It's really more so early access, I think, than a beta. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. There's a few things here and there I wish they would change. Like, yeah, I'm a stack guy, and I don't think there's enough career stats there. Actually, there's really none. Come to think of it, they show your stats in the, from your previous match, but if you want to yep. look at your overall career stats, I don't see it anywhere in the game. I don't either. Yeah, which yeah, sucks. I mean, I. I've got my own gripes with it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I love that it, it feels like Halo because Halo 4 seemed like it tried to be Call of Duty with being able to call in different weapons. Mm-hmm. Halo 5 seems like it catered a little bit more to, I want to say like the Overwatch crowd. Or maybe that's the wrong. Now, I won't say Overwatch, but I would say it catered more towards like that heavy competitive um, spirit. But this one actually feels like it's finally gotten back to feel like classic Halo, but at the same time, it still feels new. Yeah, it definitely feels like Halo now. Halo, yeah, I agree with you about Halo 4 and 5. No disrespect towards Call of Duty. I like playing the Call of Duty games, but when I play a Halo game, I want to play a Halo game. Exactly. Yeah, but this definitely is going back to its roots. I will say it definitely feels like it in the movement. Um, being able to find uh, like armor upgrades gives me Halo Reach vibes. Mm-hmm. I this is my only gripe. Well, I'll say this is my main gripe because I have a couple. Don't get me wrong. Overall, love it. I love the direction that it's going, except for one thing, and that's that the maps don't feel like Halo maps. Um. If I mean, if you've been playing Halo since the beginning, a lot of maps, like when you start off the jump, sometimes you can see the enemy team right at the beginning. The maps are symmetrical. Mm-hmm. For this one, it it feels like they tried to give too many opportunities to break line of sight with a player. So, for example, if you have a battle rifle, everybody has been in a battle rifle knockout drag out fights where, you know, if you miss that one burst and the other guy didn't, you've lost the fight. All you can do is try and get the other guy to lose. Now you can just try and run and break the line of sight. And I did it a couple times, but it, it seems like they're more so catering to the players that are probably going to be coming from call of duty where they're used to that instant gratification of, you know, I'm going to fire two bursts and then I've got my kill and that's it. They're not used to, emptying half a magazine to claim that one kill. Yeah. So now it's there there are parts of it that feel different and I'm I mainly blame it on the maps, but apart from that, um the other big gripe and probably the elephant in the room that everybody's waiting for us to say is the progression. Oh, thank God they kind of fixed that. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Kind of. I don't like that it's a free to play model. I wish it was the old way. It just feels like I'm not really moving up at all. Even for the people who paid for the battle pass, they're even saying it's kind of slow. Yeah, I mean, I paid for it. Yeah. You can have this free-to-play model to where, you know, you got to grind to get certain things. Warzone does that. But at the same time, if I go on Warzone and I drop 15 players, I'm going to get rewarded for dropping 15 players. 
if I go into Halo Infinite, I can potentially drop 50 players, but if I didn't do it with the weapons that they said I needed to do it with, I'm going to get my one challenge for completing a game and get my 100 measly experience points, and that's it. Yeah. It, it's disappointing. And to, yeah. and to go back to the map thing, I do agree with you on that. I think the maps are good, but they don't feel like Halo maps. Like yeah. There is one map in this game that's straight up a Call of Duty map. It's that small Agreed. one that we were running around in that town. Yeah, uh, I already knew which one you were yeah, talking about. I don't know the name of it, but uh, I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's like a Call of Duty 4 map. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> now, as for the game modes, now we can talk about the seed thing. <laughs> What's the name of that mode? I can't remember. You know what? I just remember it was Power Seeds, but let me look it up. I I'll find it. Yeah, it's a mode where you have to gather power sources. They call them seeds. You have to bring back five of them to your base and put them in these little slots to get a point. You got to get five of them in there to score the point. And you have to do it three times to win the game. So you have to get 15 of them. It's called Stockpile. Stockpile. Okay. Eh, I don't know if I like that name. Stockpile. I think I could have come up with a better name than that. I think unanimously, um, our little group does not like that game mode, even no, though it is no. the running joke in our group. Yeah, Indy's gathering those seeds. You're good at gathering them, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm good at getting there first and then tossing them back to our uh, our base, and then by the time the other team gets there, I'm dead. But we can never get our team to be like, hey, you know, he tossed all of these in our direction. Maybe we should pick them up and go. It's always like you, me, Jacques, and Ash that are putting forth the effort while the rest of our team is like, we're playing Slayer, right? My biggest issue with this game mode is the seed spawns. Sometimes they'll spawn all of them by like an enemy base. Mm -hmm. And it's like they're just giving them the round. I'm like, what? Why don't you just put a seed way over there and then one <laughs> all the way on the other side and then one in the middle and then, you know, you're just scattered all over the place. That that makes like a treasure yep. hunt kind of thing. Everybody's got to scatter and go run all over the place, and it separates everybody. Even make it like the classic Halo maps where, you know, rocket launchers in the middle, Spartan lasers to the left, shotguns to the right. Yeah. Just have fixed positions for all of them. So that way you can almost strategize about who's going to go get what. Yeah. I like that. Not anything but what they have now. I, I just think the spawns are jacked up in it yeah not my favorite mode I, I still prefer capture the flag regular team slayer and of course um i don't know the, the name of the mode but it's like domination and call of duty i really enjoyed that mode last night especially where we uh we ended up tying and it was just the teams were so evenly matched it was such a tug of war it was a lot of fun even though nobody won that's what I love about that mode, and it brings back old Battlefront memories, because that was the mode we played, Conquest. Yes. Yeah, I was getting into it. I felt the old mic from 2006. Good old times. But yeah, that's all I've been playing. Uh, well, I, I started another game, but I'm not going to talk about it this week. Too early. I'll mention it in the next episode. I, I thought I would play a lot more since we had a week off, but... I was just focusing on Psychonauts and doing other things. Yeah, I mean, and for me, just, you know, life and work is driving me absolutely crazy right now, so I wish I had more time to give to gaming. 
But unfortunately, I've hit this weird point where like I'll come home from work and I'll boot it up and I'll just stare at my library and be like, I don't really want to get started. I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, sleeper YouTube for me. Yeah, that's how I've been the past couple of days. <laughs> Anyways, it's time for us to check out our inventory items this week. We have eight items in the bag, so let's get into it. Number one. The Xbox Series Forza Horizon 5 Limited Edition controller was recently released, and me and Jacques got ours from Amazon about a week ago. Indy, this thing is beautiful, and I absolutely love how the steering wheel rubber grip material feels in your hands. It looks amazing. It does. But. Uh Uh-oh. There's one thing that worries me about this controller. Now, I was just praising the rubber grips on the back. I think they feel great. Feels so comfortable. But after holding it for 10 minutes, I saw it getting kind of dirty. And my hands weren't dirty. Like, it was picking up shit very easily. And I'm like, uh-oh. I should say I'm not using this controller regularly. It's, it's like a collector's item. I, I took it out just to test it out, and then I put it back in the box. But those 15 minutes, I was noticing shit on the grips. So if I use this all the time, like sweat getting on there and everything, yeah, this is going to be a pain in the ass to clean. We need more time, I guess, with this controller. Maybe uh, some of you guys out there who have it can report to us after a couple weeks of using it. Report back and let us know if that is an issue. And I will say this. Do not eat anything with this controller. Do not eat any Doritos. Mm-mm. No powdered donuts. Salty chips, okay. That's fine, as long as they're not greasy. You can get away with that. Yeah, you got two things working against you. Bright colors and a rubber grip. And my friend Jim pointed something out with the controller. I don't know if this could be an issue, but it's possible. He said, you know, if you use that for a while, do you think the rubber's going to tear on it? Absolutely. Yeah. So that kind of (laughs) sucks. (laughs) <laughs> but other than that, it's a beautiful looking controller. I, I, I love it. I already have a Series X controller and I have a backup Xbox One controller. I don't need three controllers out. It's kind of ridiculous. So back in the box, it went it's sitting on my shelf right now. Cool box. Comes with a code, too. You can get a, a digital uh, car in the game. Uh, it's exclusive to the controller. You get a car, emote. Oh, that's cool. Some other avatar items for your character, stuff like that. And of course... Duracell batteries, because they're still doing that in 2021. That baffles me. Like, it it really occurred to me last night when we were playing Halo, and Ash was like, hey, can I get some batteries? It's like, oh, that's right. Xbox controllers still use those. <laughs> Man, what a deal they must have with Duracell. I've been seeing those things with Xbox controllers since 2005 with the 360. Wow. So... I guess they signed a 20-year deal with them. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, let's move on. Number two. The upcoming reboot of Saints Row will no longer meet its February 25th release date. It will instead launch worldwide on August 23rd. That's a six-month delay. So if you're excited for that February release, I'm sorry. You're going to have to wait a little bit longer. But hey, if they need more time to work on the game then let's just give it to them because I'm tired of seeing broken games get released. Like, just for the love of God, if you need six months, take it. 
Not much to really say about that. Another delay. It happens. And it's normal. I'd say 75% of the games that come out get delayed. Especially in this day of age. All right, number three. Microsoft just celebrated Xbox's 20th anniversary with a live stream event. They showed us a few cool surprises at the show, like the Xbox documentary announcement, which is titled Power On The Story of Xbox. I like that name. (laughs) And it will be available on December 13th. And another announcement that caught my eye was the 70 games that they added to the backwards compatibility program. There's a lot of good games on that list. Yeah, Time Splitters, you got the Max Paynes, and one of my favorite underrated Star Wars games, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith is on there. And yes, you can actually buy it in the store. It's $9.99. I'm not going to lie, I saw that and I got real excited because you are right. It is one of the most um, <laughs> underrated Star Wars games ever. It's got an amazing fighting game in there, that one mode. It did. It's awesome. Please, guys, check that game out. I don't know if it still holds up, but it was a great game back in 2005. Yeah, that's part of why I haven't bought it yet, because I'm not sure if it'll hold up, and I don't want to tarnish those memories. I'll be the guinea pig. I'll get it at some point. But yeah, unfortunately, this massive drop will be the last set of games we get from Microsoft. No more original Xbox or Xbox 360 titles will be added. And here's what the Xbox team said about this. Quote, While we continue to stay focused on preserving and enhancing the art form of games, we have reached the limit of our ability to bring new games to the catalog from the past due to licensing, legal, and technical constraints. Thank you for being part of this journey with us. So that sucks. (laughs) We're not getting any more. So if you still have your old 360 console, original Xbox, you better keep it out. Yeah. Some of your favorites aren't going to be coming. Unless they change their minds or or they have some other thing planned down the line. But by the way they worded this, it sounds like they're 100% done. I will say, though, I mean, the the titles that they did choose to put, I have no complaints. They they hit a lot of home runs with the titles that they choose. It's not like, um, what was it, Xbox 360 and I still don't have MVP Baseball 2005. Still sore about that, but, you know, I'm... No, I'm, never mind. I'm never going to let it go. Do you have a 360 laying around somewhere in your place? Uh, I have two or three, actually. One's red-ringed, right? Um, <laughs> probably, because um, when me and Ash moved in together, she had her 360, and this was just after I left GameStop, and I used that opportunity to snag a Gears of War 3 edition 360 right before I left. And I just bought a hard drive and put it in there. So I have a 256 gig Gears of War 3 edition Xbox 360 in my garage right now. That's the slim version. That's the one that had the touch sensitive controls. Yep. And I hated that because every time I would dust the console, oh, I turned it on. Oh, I ejected the, the disc tray. Yeah, that's true. All right, number four, Microsoft Gaming Chief Phil Spencer calls for industry-wide game preservation. This comes from an Axis article. Phil basically wants the gaming industry to work towards a common goal of keeping older games available to modern audiences through emulation. I'm not going to go into the article in depth. Actually, I'm not going to go into the article at all because I don't have any notes for it here. Uh, Yeah, 
we we need game preservation, especially Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, uh, they have a lot of old games that are just dead on consoles. Pretty much. I don't know why when everybody starts talking about um, game preservation, I feel like everybody's go to like super villain is Nintendo. For a while, it was Sony because they were very much so. Uh, we're not going to do backwards compatibility. We only ever move forward. But they backpedaled real fucking quick in the past couple of years, um, and now it's just Nintendo's like, oh no, we're going to preserve our games. Um, here's a game from twenty years ago. Pay us sixty dollars for a version that is less than the one you remember. I can't argue with that. You're right. <laughs> You're 100% right. That's what Nintendo does. And sometimes we fall for it. And, you know, I, I, I still have an excuse with, with the Super Mario 3D Collection. Well, what, what, not 3D Collection. What was it called? A Super Mario 3D All-Stars? That's what it was, yeah. I never played Super Mario Galaxy, so I had a reason to buy that thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's something that needs to be done right away. Uh, it sucks that it's taking so long for some of these companies to get on board with the whole game preservation thing, but I think we'll eventually get there. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. So, anyways, let's just move on to number five. Speaking of Phil Spencer, he was recently interviewed by GQ Magazine. It's a very long article with a lot of interesting information. So, guys, I highly recommend you read it. It's worth your time, but I just wanted to mention one thing from it. In the article, Indy, they talk about the official Xbox One sales numbers. Oh, really? These numbers have been, like, swept under the rug. I thought they said they weren't keeping track. Well, they are keeping track. They just never revealed it to the uh, consumers and everybody else out there. Yeah, fair. There's been, like, best guesses from, like, experts and... Uh, Going off of things of what other publishers have said about the Xbox One, people kind of uh, came up with a number and they're like, eh, it's probably around 40 million. But they kind of talk about it in this, which is cool. The Xbox One sold 51 million consoles over its lifetime. And that's less than half of PS4s because they sold over 116 million. Yeah. 50 million is still a good number, but when you put it up against PlayStation 4's number, eh. There's a clear-cut winner there. Yeah. I feel like they're very much so, like, bowing out of the hardware race. Like, they, they no longer care about you being a part of having their system in your house. With xCloud, they just want you to be in their subscription. That is where they're making their money at this point. They still want to make the hardware, but that's just not their main priority anymore. They want to be in no. everybody's living room on it. all sorts of different devices, whether it's an iPad, or you have an Android tablet, or you got a smartphone, your laptop, your PC, or your Xbox console. Maybe you put in one of those little flash things on the side of your TV and it loads up an app, or maybe it's a smart TV that has apps built into it, mm -hmm. which I... I 100% believe they're going to add an Xbox Game Pass app on a Roku smart TV. You're going to see it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's their goal. And they even want their games on PlayStation. But Sony is not going to play ball with that. Unless it's no. something small or maybe a Bethesda game. Maybe. 
actually no they're not going to put a bethesda game on there the only way you're going to get a bethesda game on playstation going forward is if they allow game pass on playstation yeah pretty much still a little iffy about the indiana jones game i still think that's a weird one and and disney might tell them to put it on everything i'm not gonna lie i completely forgot that there was an indiana jones game coming out the Nazi killing developers are making an Indiana Jones game. This makes sense, but they've only made first person shooters. So this will be very interesting to see what they do with Indiana Jones. Cause I don't see Indiana Jones playing any way other than a third person action adventure game. Yeah. Cause I actually want to see the character when I'm playing. Yeah. I don't want to just see his hands and the whip coming across the screen. No, I don't want to see that. I want to see Harrison Ford. If it's Harrison Ford. Yeah. But I think it is going to be Harrison Ford. May not be his voice, but I think they're going to get his likeness. Number six, more than 1,500 Activision Blizzard employees have signed a petition calling for Chief Executive Officer's Bobby Kotek's removal. I'm going to be taking some quotes from the Bloomberg article that this is from. I'm not sure if Jason Schreier wrote this. Actually, No, it probably was Jason Schreier. He's like the only one over there that would do this much research. Uh, So I'm just going to assume it's him. Since the bombshell report in the Wall Street Journal that said Kotek was aware of sexual harassment and misconduct allegations at the company for years and didn't inform the board of some of the reports and that he himself was a perpetrator of misconduct, the video game industry has reverberated with calls to end his 30-year reign at the top. Shareholders, employees, and even other gaming companies have criticized Activision's lack of action. Phil Spencer, yes, we're talking about him again. Him and Sony's Jim Ryan had a few things to say about it. Xbox boss Phil Spencer has joined the chorus of industry professionals criticizing Activision Blizzard, telling staff in an email obtained by Bloomberg that Xbox is evaluating all aspects of our relationship. And they mean the relationship with Activision. Uh, Jim Ryan said, disheartened and frankly stunned. We do not believe their statements of response properly address the situation. You know, it's so funny that the last was was it the last episode that we recorded? We were talking about the Ubisoft thing. Mm-hmm. And now here we are again with another walkout. It's just. I know, like, I, I've i read it, and I was like, okay, another, more stuff about Activision, but I didn't, like, crack a smile until I saw Phil Spencer say we're reevaluating our partnerships. Like, oh, somebody's going to lose money. <laughs> Bobby's got to go. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the board of directors over at Activision are preparing that as we speak. And you know the thing that sucks, Indy, is he's going to get one of those, like, safety net care packages. Yeah. You know, when those big guys leave a corporation, they get all this money and shit. He'll uh, get paid, like... Here's $30 million. Yeah, yeah it's like a $30 million uh, hush money thing. Like, here, go quietly, and then that'll be the end of it. Activision hasn't come out and talked about Bobby, officially. How would they go about doing that? Very carefully. I'd imagine they already know the outcome of whatever it is that they're going to do. At this point, they're just trying to figure out how to go about it. Bobby, I, when I look at Bobby's face, and I'm and I'm not just saying that now because of the shit that's coming <laughs> out, but every time I've looked at his face, I'm like, this this son of a 
B is definitely doing something. I don't know why. Like he 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 gives me those vibes. Like there's something he's hiding. He strikes you as the um as the guy who would be at the country club and like look down on you because you are not wearing a uh, proper attire or something like that. And he yeah. would just throw a fizz. Like, do you have any idea how much money I paid to this club to make sure that everybody looks a certain way? Like that's the vibe I get from him. <sighs> yeah. We're not going to beat a dead horse here. I recommend going back to last week's episode. Cause we really go into oh, it. Yeah. be soft. It is a, in-depth conversation about this kind of shit that happens in the gaming industry or anywhere everywhere i should say so definitely go check that out we just don't want to regurgitate the same things again no because you can very much so take everything we said on that recording and apply it to this exactly and i'm not going to edit it in so you're going to have to go and listen to that episode (laughs) (laughs) all right let's move on number seven alien isolation is coming to mobile devices it's now available for pre-order on the App Store and Google Play. What? It's currently slated. No, I'm not joking. It's 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 coming. It's you can look right now. It's currently slated for a December 16th release date and it's going to be 14.99. Okay. I mean, if you hook up a controller, well not hook up, but if you sync a controller to a tablet that can run it, yeah, I could play that. Touchscreen controls? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. But hey, if it if it means more people are gonna play Alien Isolation, I'm okay with that because I want a sequel. Maybe maybe yeah. they'll, they'll see the yeah. numbers and be like, you know what? Maybe we should do another one for the consoles. I'm I my jaw's on the floor. Now you can play Alien Isolation on the Nintendo Switch if you want. That's a way you can play it in the mobile form. Or, I guess, the Steam Deck and other similar devices. Uh, Well, the Steam Deck's not out yet, but there's other devices like that you can play Alien Isolation on. But when it comes to a tablet... I don't don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. I I think you're going to need a controller for that, for it to function properly. I'm double-checking it before I say anything, but... I want to say you can already play it on your phone because it's on Game Pass and you should be able to stream it. Oh, shit. You're right. If you have an Android. Um, Mm. iPhone's still waiting. That's right. All right. Enough of that. Let's move on. Number eight. Plans for a third Star Wars Battlefront title from Battlefield developer DICE were reportedly rejected by Electronic Arts. This comes from a Video Games Chronicle article. And here's a quote from the article. According to journalist Tom Henderson, DICE has pitched Battlefront 3, but ultimately the proposal was rejected by EA due to the cost of using the Star Wars license. Mm. One anonymous developer also said it got turned down because it takes 20% more sales to make the same money. EA is now said to be focusing its efforts on the next Battlefield game instead. Here's the weird thing about this. They're still doing Fallen Order. That, that, that's pretty much confirmed. That's in development. Yeah. They haven't officially announced it. When they say it's too expensive, licensing costs and all that, is it because in Battlefront, 
you got all the actors likenesses and all the other characters and yet they have to, they have to incorporate so much shit into that so maybe that's the reason Jedi Fallen Order is a lot of new characters the costs are probably well they're of course a lot less when you don't have to get likenesses for Harrison Ford and all of them but I thought that would like come with the deal like automatically because, you know, the, Disney owns the rights of all their likenesses, so... No. You know Disney's nigga nickel and diamond for everything. Like, here's a Star Wars game. Yeah, here's that license. Um, I mean, Disney's probably going to give them a taste of their own medicine. Like, okay, so here's the Star Wars license. Pay us an extra $60 for the DLC that's going to allow you to use the characters. Now pay <laughs> us more to let you use uh, pre-existing weapons and everything like that. Like, it's just... It's insane. Um, I think the main reason we're probably seeing this is people got such a bad taste in their mouth from Battlefront 2's launch. They mm. might just want to distance themselves from that title and just focus on Fallen Order. Cause I mean, you're talking about dice versus respawn. Right. I mean, and another Battlefront, it, they, they might think that if they release a Battlefront 3, that, it may affect sales for Fallen Order 2. Maybe. But at the end of the day, Battlefront 2 did very well. Like, it sold a shit ton of copies. Oh, yeah, it did. Um, I don't know. It's I, I see where you're coming from, though. Do they want to risk it again with Battlefront 3? What, what if it has a similar uh, issue at launch and they have Disney right. calling them up on <laughs> and saying... Get the microtransactions out. Stop it. You're hurting Star yeah, Wars I mean, right now. Yeah. They gave EA the exclusive on Star Wars titles. And we got Battlefront 1, then we got Battlefront 2, and then we got Fallen Order. And now that deal has expired, and now we've got Star Wars games coming from everybody at this point. And I'm loving it. Yeah, me too. Because uh, I remember being pissed off. It was like, am I only going to get Battlefield Star Wars Edition coming from EA and microtransaction to hell and back for it? Yeah, we did for a while. I mean, that deal they signed was heartbreaking. I was like, oh, yeah, no. Well, as soon as I saw that EA had the exclusives, like, what are you doing? Now, Ubisoft's making one. Uh, a bunch of other publishers are making Well, why am I? I shouldn't be excited for a Ubisoft Star Wars game right now with all the bullshit they got going on over there. No. But even Quantic Dream's making one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally down for more Star Wars games. I want it to be like 2005 again, where we had just a shit ton of them come out at once. Anyways, that's it for the inventory. Put the bag away. I think it's time for us to move on to our topics of the show. And yes, you heard me. I said topics. Because this week we're giving you a two-for-one special. I couldn't decide between which one I wanted to do. So I was like, you know what? The hell with it. Let's do two of them. So let's get started with our first topic, and that is the Video Game Award nominations. This is the yearly game awards that's hosted by Jeff Keighley, and there's a lot of interesting chatter about it online right now. The biggest water cooler conversation is about Forza Horizon 5 getting ignored for a Game of the Year nomination. Yeah, some say, well, it's because the game's early access, you know, it came out on the 14th uh, or the 13th, can't remember the exact day, and the cutoff point for the uh, VGA nominations and stuff is 
the 14th, I believe, or maybe the 15th. Yeah, so this is what happens when you don't look up all your shit. <laughs> you can't use that argument. You can't use that with this because Forza Horizon 5 is nominated in other categories. Yeah. So they definitely did play this game or <laughs> they just threw it in random categories. Be like, oh, you know, we got to have Forza in there. Let's just put it there, there, there. And they didn't play it. And I hope that wasn't the case. Yeah, because even that argument doesn't hold water because, I mean, we have... Uh, best multiplayer category and Call of Duty isn't there. If anybody gets a default nomination for that, Call of Duty gets it every year. Exactly. Now, you might be thinking like, so it's a racing game. Like, what's the big deal? It's not just any racing game. It's the Forza series. And this Forza Mm -hmm. had the highest Metacritic score for a console game this year. Had a 92. All the other games that are nominated for Game of the Year have lower scores. 88, 84, 87. And by the way, I'm not just basing this off the critic score. I'm also including the consumer reaction towards this game. And people absolutely love Horizon. But the critics, over 90 of them, they gave this glowing reviews. 10s, 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 9s. Universal appraise. And you're telling me that doesn't qualify for Game of the Year. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't like racing games. I don't play them very often. Actually, it's very rare. Once in a blue moon, I'll play Mario Kart. And if I was one of the guys who decided which games are going to be on this list, I would knock off Resident Evil Village because that's one of the Game of the Year nominees. I love that game. But if something had to come off that list for Forza to be on there, I would remove one of my favorite games. I'm not going to be biased. I'm not going to be biased. You can't ignore how good this new Forza game is. And I do plan on downloading it very soon. I'm going to check it out. Mm. See, I feel like me personally, I mean, like I said, well, I haven't said this yet, but I haven't played Deathloop, but I don't know why it's a nominee for game of the year. Like, if anything gets taken off, it should be Deathloop, in my opinion. The critics love that game. It's not going to happen. <sighs> not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, this is why Rotten Tomatoes gives a critic score and audience score. Yeah, let me just real quick go over the games that got nominated for Game of the Year. Yeah. First game's Deathloop. Second one's Psychonauts 2. Then Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. It Takes Two. Metroid Dread. And then Resident Evil Village. You know, it's funny about this. Any Metacritic made fun of Jeff Keighley's VGA's nominations on really? his tweets. Like they replied with with the scores for the, all the games I got nominated. And then they talked about Forza. <laughs> yeah, they didn't give a shit. They just they just I mean, it's the cutoff date doesn't make any sense to me because no. I mean, no. your best games come out for the holidays my personal opinion, you make your cutoff date Black Friday. I mean, if if anybody wants a shot at selling a lot of copies in a year or having a great launch, you want it out by that date anyway. So why would you not put it out around that time? This brings up a whole other thing. I don't think there should be a cutoff point in the the same calendar year. Like I, I, I think they should do these awards 
in January or February or March. Doesn't the Oscars do it in March? That one makes sense, yeah. Um, unless they're trying to... I don't know. Like, maybe they're going for a ratings type thing where, you know, if they have it at a certain time of the year, that's when they know they're going to get the most interest. But yeah, I would say do it mid-January. That makes the most sense to me. It's the advertisers and the publishers probably just want the games to have more exposure right before the holidays. That's what Jock says. and He's probably right. That's that's. I mean, yeah, he's not wrong. People probably pay them and say, hey, no, you're going to do your awards. Um at this time, because, you know, we're going to boost our sales. Now, looking at these uh, nominations for for the other awards, not not Game of the Year, I see Deathloop all over the place. Yeah. I don't want to piss off the Deathloop fans, but it's just... It's a good game. I want to stress that. It's a good game, but I just don't see this masterpiece... As I was say, good games don't get Game of the Year. Um, no. Great games get Game of the Year. I mean, the only one here I agree with is uh, the one for best voice acting performance. Both of the uh, two main characters from Deathloop are in this. And I agree with that. They're very good. Like, they're very, very good. They're definitely up there with some of these other ones. Best RPG, and I see Cyberpunk. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. That game... Okay, it it doesn't have as many issues on the PC. I get that. But it's broken on the PS4. It's still broken for a lot of people. And I've said this before in a previous episode. It's random for everybody. Like, one person can say, you know, I didn't really get that many glitches on my PS4 Mm -hmm. base model. And then the next person can play it on their base model PS4, and the game's completely unplayable. You can't ignore that. And we can't ignore the whole removing it off the PlayStation store thing for six months. Yeah. I mean, you know, if it didn't launch with all those issues, I would say it should be a game of the year nominee, but it's, yeah, you can't launch a game like that. There's just no excuse. No excuse. With Cyberpunk, I mean, there's just, there's no excuse for launching a game the way it was done. I mean, there's things you can pull from it, that I agree you could still give it um, a Game of the Year award for, like, best score in music? Yes, because, I mean, you can just listen to the soundtrack and make that argument. Thousand percent. I agree with that one. And people are complaining about that. I'm like, come on, it's music. It has nothing to do with the gameplay. Right. I mean, nothing. No Man's Sky launched with great music. The The game itself was a shell of what it is now, but the music was great. It's a very underwhelming list this year. I'll just, I'll, I'll say that. I, yeah, I... I... I encourage you guys to look at all these uh, nominations for these different awards. It's it's strange. It's really, really strange. This is the first year where I'm like, I don't agree with a lot of this. Now, I'm not saying the games that got nominated for Game of the Year are not worthy. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I, I do think Psychonauts 2 deserves a spot. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, okay. I, mean, I really like that, but we need to fill some spots here, so that, mm-hmm. that needs to go in there. Deathloop, I mean, if I was on that board, I'd have to agree with everybody because they're all saying, oh, we're going to put this up there. I'm like, all right, well, I'll, I'll give them that. No, let me ask you, what do you think of the Game of the Year noms? Do you agree with the ones that they picked? So, I mean, for the games that have come out so far, 
Um, I will say of the choices they had to pick from, they did put together a decent list. But just because these are the games of 2021, I don't think it matches the caliber of other games that have been nominated in the past. Like, none of these hold a candle to God of War. Um, none of these hold a candle to The Last of Us or Last of Us 2 or Uncharted or any of those. Um, so it's almost kind of like, congratulations, you won on the easiest year you could possibly get. I mean... Don't get me wrong, I played two of the games on this list. I played Metroid Dread, I played Resident Evil Village. Both were good games. I would say both were even great games. You also played It Takes Two. I'm sorry to cut you off. Didn't you play that? Yeah, oh, that's right. I did play It Takes Two. But, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't put any of these in a Game of the Year category. Resident Evil Village, I might. The only reason that I say might is because, I mean... When I think of a Game of the Year game, I'm thinking of something that has a narrative like God of War, something that leaves a lasting impact, you know, years after I've played it. Village, at this point, like, I look at the list, I'm like, oh yeah, that did come out this year. Because Resident Evil has a certain charm to it. It's campy, it's almost kind of like um, watching a Friday the 13th movie. You know it's <laughs> going to be a bad yeah. story, right. you know it's going to be bad acting, but that's not what you do it for. You you play it or you watch it because, you know, that's what you want to watch at that time. Resident Evil is the same way. When I watch it, I'm not expecting Chris Redfield to put on this, you know, heart-stopping performance where I feel for the characters. I'm expecting big, meaty man punch boulder. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. It's... This is one of the few years that I'm not, like, super excited for the the video game awards. Cause there, I don't feel like there's much to celebrate. I mean, there was, there was good games. There, all of the, maybe it's, you know what? Maybe it's just the fact that there are so many other games that are on the horizon that I'm waiting for that. I'm like, those are what I'm looking forward to. I don't really care about what you've got for game of the year this year. Whoever wins, congratulations. But there have been many other games that, deserve the award more than you and there are probably going to be a couple games that are going to come out before the year is up that deserve the award more than you forza horizon uh is clearly one of them and i'm not saying that should win game of the year no i just think it should get nominated like you're just going to ignore that right and i mean in halo's campaign comes out december 8th if that comes out and the story is just phenomenal i'm gonna be a little upset that it didn't even get a chance. It's got to wait next year. No. And by then it won't even, it won't even be a part of the conversation more than likely. Yeah. Cause you have God of War Ragnarok coming horizon yeah. forbidden West, uh, Starfield. I don't know if that'll be game of the year, but it'll, it'll be in the conversation at least as long as it's not a broken mess when it comes out. Right. And of course there's a few others as well. People aren't going to forget about halo. Cause no. the, the multiplayer is still going to, go on and on and on but it, yeah when it comes to the game of the year talk it, it's it's so far removed from the next show and that happened with hitman 3 that happened yeah. with that that game came out in january this year and nobody's really talking about it anymore and honestly if if resident evil was fresher on my mind i probably have nicer things to say about it because i loved that game it was really great 
but it being so long ago, I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, that's right, it did come out this year. Well, I've played Deathloop, of course. I just beat Psychonauts 2. I beat Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I do plan on playing It Takes Two at the end of the year. I don't think I'm going to play Metroid Dread. And, uh, of course, I beat Resident Evil Village. And um, if I had to pick one of these right now to win... See, it sucks, because I still got to play It Takes Two, and I've heard a lot of great things about that. Yeah, it's a tough choice. I think what holds It Takes Two back, though, is accessibility, because you really have to play it with a partner. Oh, you're forced to play it with somebody else, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Hmm. It's not a bad thing. It's just no, it's not, a bad not everybody thing, has that buddy to play with. Exactly. And if you don't, then it takes two is completely lost on you as a nominee. <sighs> wow. I, 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 that is that's hard. I guess Resident Evil Village. You know what? Frick it. I, I, I'm going to pick Resident Evil Village. I was going to say, let's just kind of go through and just strike names and then we'll just narrow it down like that. So um, I'm going to take it takes two out um, just for the accessibility reason. I'm going to take Ratchet and Clank and Psychonauts. Um, well, you know, I'm going to leave Psychonauts in just because of Jacques' recommendation. From what I've heard, I'm really excited about it. I don't think it's game of the year. I think Jacques feels the same way. Uh, we love it. We love the game, but I don't think it's that good. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. I'll strike it. Um, Ratchet and Clank. I haven't played that series, to be perfectly honest with you. Oh, wow. Damn. But it's also not a game that I look at and I'm like, I have to play it. So if a game of the year nominee is going to do that, it needs to be a game that I'm going to look at and be like, I have to experience this at some point, And Ratchet and Clank just doesn't do it for me. So ultimately, it just it comes down to Metroid and Resident Evil Village for me, because I mean, I, I've anytime I see a game drop to forty dollars within months of it coming out, I it's just immediately okay. You were at the bottom of my list. I'll catch you on Game Pass. <laughs> Sorry, Deathloop. <laughs> Met- you know, I'm going to give it to Village 2, and the reason why is because I refuse to give it to Metroid because I'm not giving Nintendo a free pass. I feel like too often Nintendo gets a free pass because they're Nintendo and they put out another first-party game, and I'm just not going to do that. The last quarter of the game felt really dry. Mm. There was a lot of recycled enemies. One thing I will give Resident Evil Village, no part of that game was the same the entire way through. Yeah. So for monster design, atmosphere, graphics, everything, attention to detail, Resident Evil Village takes it, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd have to think about this a little bit more, but if I had to give you an answer right now with this list, I'd probably go with Village. You're right about Village, though. It feels fresh beginning to end. For me, at least, I kept getting better and better and better. With Psychonauts 2, I really like that game. But by the end of it, I was like, okay, are we done yet? Yeah. <laughs> Got two more hours? All right, all right, let's go. Let's get this over with. It felt like it overstayed its welcome just a little bit. It's mm-hmm. a 14-hour game. I think they could have shaved maybe two or three hours off it. And see, and I remember uh, the last night that I was playing Village, I started at like 8 o'clock at night, and I finished at 3 o'clock in the morning. Because I knew I was so close to the end, and I needed to see the end before I went to bed. It'll be very interesting to see how uh, our opinions stack up with uh, the actual Game Awards. I have a feeling Deathloop's going to win. Deathloop is going to win the whole thing. 
I think it's going to sweep a lot of the a lot of them. I think it's going to win in best voice acting, best this, best that, and of course, game of the year. I'm going to stick to my guns and just say Resident Evil Village. That's what I want to win on this list, <laughs> but I just have a feeling the the critics and the guys, whoever is on the the board there, they're all going to pick Deathloop. Anyways, that's it for that topic. Yeah. Can't believe we're doing another topic, but number two, <laughs> Black Friday. Because when this episode goes up, it should be Thursday, the day before Black Friday, Thanksgiving. That's the plan. It's possible it could, you know, launch the next day on Friday, the day of Black Friday. I'm going to try my best to get it up on Thursday, though. So, But there is a, a lot of interesting deals. But at the same time, I'm a little underwhelmed with this year's Black Friday sales. I think it could have been better. We've had way better yeah. previous year, the year before. I mean, during the heat of the pandemic, we had better Black Friday sales. I mean, COVID's still a thing and it's still happening, but it was a lot worse last year. And right. people were still going to stores and getting crazy deals. And by the way, guys, please don't go to Walmart at midnight to grab an no. $80 television and, and, and fight to the death over it. Please don't do that. I, I can't. I've seen enough of those well, videos on YouTube. I remember last year, uh, Walmart was actually closed Thanksgiving, and I don't think they opened at midnight. I think they opened uh, later in the day so people could actually spend time with their families. Good. I just assume they didn't give a shit. No. Not, like GameStop I, in previous years are like, no, you're working on this day. We don't care. Yeah, shit. I was one of those guys. Like I remember we I remember Thanksgiving where we had dinner and then we actually went to a hockey game. We went and saw the Gwinnett Gladiators and then I had to leave the hockey game um right before the game ended and go to work and show up at 11:30 so I could be there for our midnight opening. And I was pissed. Don't they pay you double for that? Oh yeah. I mean, you get holiday pay, but I would rather have the day off. <laughs> So yeah, some people don't give a shit. They'd be like, "All right, give, give me the double pay. I don't care. I don't. I don't. I don't have any friends or family." <laughs> nah, double pay on Black Friday ain't worth it. It's wild west. The moment they open those doors, I mean, just go mm -hmm. look at previous years' videos on YouTube. People have died. They gotten trampled over, crushed, all for that cheap ass television from a brand we don't even know. And I'll say this: be nice to your retail workers. If you're oh, one of those yes. that goes in there and you raise hell to somebody who is getting paid the bare minimum and you're upset that your coupon didn't work, I'm going to say right now, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, you point out to them, it expired two years ago, but they don't take that as an answer. They, no, they want you to honor it. Yeah. I don't care. I'm the customer. I'm always right. Yeah, you're always something and right ain't it. But yeah, I'm looking at some of these deals and... There's some good ones here, like Guardians of the Galaxy, 30 bucks physical copy. Or if you don't want a physical copy, it's $38.99 on the digital stores, which is still a pretty good deal. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing that struck me on this list. Um, you know, for, as long as I can remember, Call of Duty has had a Black Friday deal where it's either dropped by $10, $5, something. The only game in the Call of Duty franchise that I see on here they got a Black Friday deal are Call of Duties that are over a year old at this point. That just shows that they are feeling that they did not sell that well this year. 
I don't think the official sales numbers have come out for that yet, right? Uh, I remember them saying that uh, there was something. Maybe it was a year-over-year year thing that I saw, but like sales have dropped. I think it was like 30% year-over-year. Year. I could be wrong on that. Let me check. Oh, yeah. It was in the UK, 40% drop. That's right. That's right. For physical and digital. Any games jump out at you that are on your list that you might pick up? No, because I have enough games, and I've played a lot of these already. Like, Resident Evil Village is going to be $20, the physical copy of it. 20 bucks. And if you get it at Best Buy, it also comes with a steelbook. I was about to say, Best Buy has got a lot of things on here. I, I don't think this is on the list. Oh, no, it is on the list. I see Alan Wake is $20 right now. Get that. There's a lot of first-party Nintendo games that are 40 bucks. Breath of the Wild, Kirby Star Allies, or Allies, Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, Xenoblade Chronicles, and a few other ones. Super Mario Odyssey is around $35, $40, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad at all. But yeah, here's another one. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two, $20. Deathloop nice. is 30 at some retail stores. Yeah, I saw that. Back for Blood, 25 bucks. But do keep in mind, it's on Xbox Game Pass. So if you have an Xbox console or a PC that's capable of playing modern games, I recommend just going the Game Pass route. Just save some money. Uh, for you VR people, I noticed Iron Man VR is $9.99. Uh, PlayStation Plus, it's got its usual uh, discounted price, $39.99. So if you need to re-up your subscription, there you go. Let's see, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is dropping down to 20 bucks. Oh, wow. All right. I know we say shit about Ubisoft on here a lot, but for $20? It's, it's a pretty solid game for that. Yeah. yeah, it's on my list, so that's um that's actually kind of exciting for me. That might be one of the ones I pick up. Life is Strange True Colors is $38.99 on the PlayStation and Xbox digital store. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is $50. Bucks. Uh, it's, it's 50 in most places. And these sales are going to continue past Black Friday. It's usually past the weekend and into Monday. And I believe Monday is Cyber Monday, right? Yep. You'll probably get the same deals again. Yeah. Or as I like to call it, um, Amazon Prime Day 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Ultimate Game Pass subscriptions are on sale. 35% off. Just the three-month ones. Uh, hmm. I mean, everything else here. Oh, oh, here's one. Here's a good one. A physical copy of Hitman 3, 20 bucks. And if you want a digital copy, oh, nice. $24. I, I recommend that one. I haven't played it yet. I've only played the first one. I haven't tried the second one yet. I actually own the second one on the Xbox and PlayStation, but I just haven't started it yet. Because on PlayStation, it was a plus game. Ah. So now I have... Uh, options here i, I want to play it on my xbox series x though because i want the gamer score for that game because hitman 2 does not have a platinum with the first game i actually got all of the trophies and it was around 70 trophies i want to say no platinum jesus second game no platinum the third game though has a platinum so if you trophy hunters care about the platinum you got it with the third game but if you got an Xbox and you like getting gamer scores well, then probably play the first two Hitman games on the Xbox console. Nobody cares. I know. 
I was going a little bit further on the list. Um, everybody that is listening to the show knows that we are uh, fans of Mass Effect. Uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition uh, on sale for twenty eight dollars at Best Buy. If somebody's still like on the fence with that, like I don't know, twenty eight bucks. <laughs> if you don't like twenty eight, you can get it at Walmart for twenty five. <laughs> oh man, that's ninety hours at least. Yes. Yeah, at least ninety hours of glorious Mass Effect storytelling. The good old days. I mean, yeah, three's got some issues, but I, I like it a lot more now than I did back in the day. Solid trilogy. Just, you can't go wrong with that. Just avoid Andromeda and you'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, we could be here all night listing these off, but there is a lot of good games here. I just think last year and the year before had way better deals. I agree. If I had to just pick one here that really stands out, I'm going to go with Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, because like I said, that just came out. It just came out, and you can get it for half off. I'm not going to lie. It's it's kind of staring at me. The two games on this list that stand out to me are going to be Guardians and Valhalla. Those are the only two that are on my list of games that I definitely want to go through and I plan to buy. And with the prices that they're at, it's, it's hard to ignore. I'm not going to lie. I was about to mention something, but that's actually going to lead into my surprise mechanic. So I don't know if you want to jump into that right now. I'm ready. Okay, you ready? All right. I guess we're done with the topics then. We get this out of here. (laughs) We actually shut my phone off because I was looking at all the prices on there. All right. I guess it's time for surprise mechanics then. This is the part of the show where we bring something completely random to the table. It could be anything. And I literally mean anything we could talk about recipes if we wanted to Andy. if you have a good recipe <laughs> and you want to bring I it on mean, the show you could, you could surprise me in a surprise mechanic that's not a bad idea actually i might do that one day <laughs> but that is not this day but yeah that's why we call it surprise mechanics this is literally anything it could be video game related but it could also be a movie or food or clothes whatever you know what? I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to save mine for last. I'll let you go first. What's your surprise mechanic this week? So I knew we were talking about uh, Game of the Year for 2021. So we're going to do a mock-up of Game of the Year for 2022. Hmm. I've put together a small list of some of the most anticipated games of 2022 and uh, what I think could potentially be our Game of the Year nominees next year. And I will say the list is much more impressive uh, than it is this year. So I'm going to read off this small list, and we can break it down to individual um, nominations if you want, like Best RPG and whatnot. Um, But overall, we're just going to kind of give what we think is going to win Game of the Year next year. This is also based off what is allegedly coming out next year, because some of these I have no faith are actually going to come out next year. That being said, Starfield is allegedly coming out next year. Elden Ring comes out in February. God of War 2. Pokemon Legends Arceus. Gotham Knights. Redfall. 
Splatoon 3, Dead Space Remake, and Horizon Forbidden West. I'll toss in Suicide Squad in there. Why not? Okay. Because I know someone's screaming. <laughs> Suicide Squad <laughs> out there. Oh. No. Okay. I think the easy answer would be God of War Ragnarok. I would agree for overall game of the year. Yeah. Because the 2018 one got the game of the year win. Like it beat Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. I remember. So I'm kind of right there with you that that is the safe choice for overall game of the year. So to break it up a little bit further, if we were to go with what we think is going to be best open world, that kind of gives us Starfield, Elden Ring, God of War, Pokemon. Horizon. Horizon, yeah. I don't know if Gotham Knights is going to be open world or not. I think it is. Okay. Not 100% sure, but I, th- I think it is. Too lazy to go look. Pretty much. It's going to go off of a hunch. I'm going to guess out of those um, for open world, God of War or Horizon. I'm going to go with God of War. I think Horizon is the more uh, traditional open world game. Mm-hmm. God of War, well, it's an open world game. It's it's a little bit smaller. and It's broken up into pieces here and there. Yeah. I give it to God of War. It, it might come down to variety, though, because Horizon may offer more variety as far as the open world True. goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my nomination would probably be Horizon. I respect that. I, I feel bad for that game because I, <laughs> I think God of War is going to just sweep everything. Yeah, the only other category that I can really think of um, is Best Narrative. And I can, I, I'm willing to put money down that God of War 2 wins best narrative uh, if it comes out next year. Yeah, that's right. If it comes out next year. Right. Horizon comes out alleged. in February. And Elden Ring, what's the date for Elden Ring? I can't remember. Uh, I know it's also February. I just remember what the actual date is. Okay. Yeah, I don't think Starfield's going to win Game of the Year. I just was... I don't think it's going to come out. They have a date for it. That's nice. That, but yeah, that is nice. <laughs> that don't mean shit anymore. I should realize that by now. And it says November 11th, 2022. If you're announcing it at the end of the year. I mean, I know that that would be another anniversary for Skyrim. Because Skyrim was 11, 11, 11. I just no. It There's no way. Now, we can take it a step further and say, what do we think will actually uh, get delayed out of this list? I mean, you're probably right with Starfield. <laughs> I know it has a date, <laughs> but I can see them coming out and saying, you know what, guys? Uh, we're sorry, but we just need more time with this. We decided yeah. to push it back to March 26th of next year. I mean, I can see that happening with Starfield. Oh, absolutely. I can see them being like, so uh, it's it, right now it's broken. But it's not quite Bethesda broken, so <laughs> give us a little bit more time. And uh, I see Dead Space being pushed back to 2023. If that gets delayed to 23 and KOTOR comes out the same year, because mm. that's the anniversary, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> I'm getting Dead Space and Nice Republic in the same year. Maybe I'll get a Splinter Cell in there. Maybe. God, can you imagine? Uh, what did you have for your surprise mechanic? 
This is kind of out of left field. Okay. I went on Macari, and I just decided to type in Xbox 360. Okay. I'm looking around. I don't know why I'm looking around, but I'm looking around. I see the S models. I see tons of those white ones, that red ringed. I'm like, ugh. So I, I scrolled through it for like 20 minutes. And then I saw a listing from a seller who's highly rated, only sells video game consoles. And he had an Xbox 360E. That's the final one that came out. The one that kind of looks like the Xbox One. He had that, a 2015 manufacturing date on the back, which, by the way, they stopped making those in 2016. That's when they officially stopped making Xbox 360s. I didn't know that. Jesus. Only four years ago. They were making 360s for 11 years. That's wild. But yeah, I saw this guy's listing, and he wanted 70 bucks and $13 shipping. The system looked almost brand new. The controller looks mint. It came with a copy of Call of Duty Modern Warfare Trilogy for the 360. And I'm like, let me just message this guy. <laughs> I message him. It's like, would you do 60? He's like, yeah. So that means... You've got a 360 coming? <laughs> 500 gigabyte model and the total came to around like 70 something earlier in the episode we talked about how microsoft is stopping the backwards compatibility program yeah and that's one of the reasons why i was looking at the 360s I'm like i have a lot of digital games that are not compatible with these series like they didn't bring them over and I know there's other games I kind of want to check out. Plus, I have a, a little bit of nostalgia flowing through me right now. I got a PS3. I haven't had a 360 since like 2013. And the one I had was the S. It was the, the, the glossy one we were talking about earlier. Years ago, I said, if I ever get another 360, it's either going to probably be another S or that E model, that last one that they put out. So, yeah, I think... By the time we do our next episode, I should have it. And uh, <laughs> he said it works perfectly fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, we'll see. You never know with the 360 because of those power bricks. Man. 2021 and you're buying a 360. Crazy, I know. <laughs> that is a legit surprise. I will give you that. <laughs> I want to feel that 360 controller again. I guess I could just buy one at random and not have a system and have it in my hands, but I, I want to see if that is one of the best controllers when it comes to comfortability, like how comfortable it is. Especially in hindsight, yeah. Those sticks were terrible, though. I will say this. <laughs> up until the day they bury me into the ground, those sticks drifted immediately sometimes. Like, I bought a 360 yeah. controller, brand new, brought it home, played a game. It was drifting 10 minutes later. You kind of just lived with it, honestly. Yeah. We're just like, oh, I guess I got to get another one. Five controllers later. I remember buying one, and I almost want to say it's just straight out of the box. 
But I booted up Gears 3, and sure enough, uh, Marcus is moving on his own. Like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> I think out of all the video game consoles I've owned, the 360 had the most issues in the drifting department. Had a, a lot of other issues and everything else. We're not going to get into that right now. And I'm very uh, careful with my controllers. I, I baby them. I'm not banging the hell out of them. I'm just playing it normally being very careful and they drifted so people could say what they want about the 360 that thing was just a mess when it came to the hardware it it really was it's amazing that it won the console war in that generation i don't know where i'm gonna put this 360 because i have one more hdmi port open but it's getting kind of tight in this entertainment center. It's getting <laughs> tight. Like I got a PS3, a PS5, a PS4 hooked up still. Yes, I still have my PS4 hooked up. A Series X. And now I'm going to put a 360 in that ecosystem. Yeah, and you know, the Series X and PS5 take up enough space on their own. But yeah, that's my surprise mechanic. Not too crazy, but it was a surprise. So uh, It was definitely that. I will give you that. The listeners were not expecting me to say, hey, I bought a 360. (laughs) No. I mean, if there was anybody out of the three of us, between me, you, and Jacques, I don't think there's any hesitation that everybody would bet their money it'd be you, though. Yeah, because I still play my PS3 regularly. And here's a big thing. I actually forgot to mention this. This is another huge reason why I got the 360. Back in the day, me and Jacques, Jason, a bunch of other guys had a Minecraft world. And we oh, wow. made so much shit in that. A creative one. Not not the regular game mode for Minecraft. We built some insane things. Some incredible stuff. There was a six-man project. I, I think I did most of it. But I had a little bit of help with certain things. But there was a six-man project. And we worked on the 1960s time machine in a massive scale. I'm talking about... Like, if you look at the bottom... Of the um, of the machine, uh, just when you get to the bottom where where the where the legs are and shit. Yeah, I put a sign there just for a size comparison. You can't see the sign from a distance. It's like a, it's like a it's like a pit. This thing is it's it's ginormous. It took us five months to make this thing. Holy shit! Yeah, because we weren't like playing it all the time, so we were just right. a little here and a little there. And I believe Jeremy Allen White even joined in one of our rooms when we were talking to him back in the day. As I'm sure you remember that. Yeah. I don't know if he made something in there. Maybe when I go back and play it, I'll notice something. It's like, oh yeah, he made that. Now, here's the thing, Indy. I don't know if I still have the save file in the cloud. If it's Ooh. not there, it's gone forever. Oh, that sucks. And there's ways you can you can uh, bring it over to the Xbox One and the Series X. You can transfer saves and all that. It's, there's a few little tricks you got to do, but it is possible. Yeah. So if it's there, I can bring it back to the Series X, and then I can invite people. They can see all this crazy shit that we made. That would be cool. Video game consoles with big, gigantic, uh, flat-screen televisions with the game actually inside there, like playing the game with the console hooked up with the wires <laughs> in the back. And these are, this was some, like really fancy shit that we made in this and that like the time machine it's not just the prop itself like that we, we even upgraded it to have like the lights come on and everything in the night or the the, the dash like lights up and it's 
a lot of work was in that thing. <laughs> I really hope you have that save file because I would love to see this. I do have an old picture on my Facebook page uh, uh, that I took of the time machine. It was like a a first version that we made, but it's it's pretty accurate to the final one, the one that was completely finished. It, they're very similar. So, I, yeah, I think it's on there. If, if I get it later, I'll post it on Instagram so you guys can see it. Awesome. I can't wait to see that Xbox store again. Holy <laughs> shit. I, I just can't. I can't wait to see the dashboard. That's my thing is a dashboard. Yeah. No blades. Not That was back in 2007 and eight. Oh, God, I forgot about the blades. And then they eventually evolved into those window boxes. Yeah, that's when we got avatars. Oh, avatars. God. I, I love the avatars. I actually had a lot of fun with them. I, I like how you can oh, use so them in I. certain games like Full House Poker. Yep, because I remember in our little group of friends, you and I were always the ones that were buying shit for our avatars. <laughs> I actually have a Stargate on my avatar. No kidding. Yeah, it pops up. Like, the Stargate pops up. Your guy, like, goes, walks through it. He comes out the other side. He's getting shot to shit, and he runs back, and, and then he closes and <laughs> shuts it off. That is awesome. Uh, man, I feel old. That was a long time ago. I guess that's it for this yeah. episode. Finished another one. I think this is a short one. At least it felt short. Felt like we covered a lot. Yeah. I think we just nailed everything. Yeah. Will our uh, microphones be connected properly? I mean, everything looks right. Uh, we'll find out. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. I hope I don't have to message you tomorrow and be like, Indy, I'm sorry. It happened again. Oh, God. <laughs> no, if that happens again, I'll make it work. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Actually, no, I, I couldn't figure it out last week. It was It was so bad one voice sounded crystal clear and the quality that you're used to hearing and then the other voice was just like <laughs> oh that's bad <laughs> the charlie brown uh, parents the adults in that universe were rah, 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 rah. yeah I, I can't no I, i'm not that good at editing i'm sorry baby if i gave it to somebody who is a master he could probably clean it up but I was just like, I'm done. I can't do this. <laughs> I got other shit to do. This is gonna. This would probably take weeks for me to finish. Yeah, for us that don't get paid to do this and just kind of do this for fun, um, no. But yeah, guys, thanks again for listening to another episode. We appreciate you tuning in every week, and we also appreciate you guys uh, understanding the technical difficulties we have to encounter sometimes on this show. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just out of our hands and uh, we apologize for that. But, you know, going forward, we will try to uh, check everything, every single thing. We will make sure everything is firing on all cylinders before we hit that record button. But uh, thanks again, guys. And uh, real quick, we'll just go over the social media shit again, and then we'll uh, shut everything down and go to bed. But yeah, you can follow us at uh, at Boundless Gamers. Just search Boundless Gamers. Uh, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. We're not on TikTok or any of those other ones. No, I'm not into that. If Jacques wants to experiment with that, those other ones, that's fine. He can do that. I have no interest in those. But yes, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We'd really appreciate the follows, the likes, and even the comments. 
We want comments. We would love them. We want to read your shit on the show. Make it happen, guys. It's all up to you. The ball's in your court. Just knock it back towards us. Yeah. Andy, it's another good episode. Yes. I appreciate you joining me once again. I, I don't know why I keep saying thank you for joining me once again, because <laughs> you're a part of the Boundless Gamers show now. I'm just like, yeah, thanks for coming again. I'm like, well, you're going to be here. I mean, unless we fire Indy at some point, it's possible. Or I could just say, you know what? The hell with the show. We're done. Yeah, I mean, that self-destruct button's always there. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Getting ready. Hit that button. Well, it's just the record button to stop the uh, <laughs> the show, but it could be the self-destruct button. For all intents and purposes, it is the self-destruct button. All right, guys, we got to go. So once again, I'm Mike. I'm Indy. We'll catch you. Hopefully, we'll catch you next week in episode 27. But until then, take care, guys, and stay safe.